Welcome to the Sport Manitoba podcast, hosted by Nolan Cole. Welcome to episode 26 of the Sport Manitoba podcast. My name is Nolan Cole. I'm the digital media specialist at Sport Manitoba. At Sport Manitoba, our goal is simple. We aim to ensure every Manitoban has access to the resources they need to achieve their full athletic potential. And we do this every day by developing the skill sets of Manitoba's athletes, coaches, volunteers, and officials. We're also the main funding agency for amateur sport in the province. All 25 of our previous episodes are available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also want to emphasize that we followed all public health and physical distancing guidelines in producing this podcast episode. The uncertainty of the past year has been difficult for athletes all across the world, including several athletes hoping to compete at the Olympic Summer Games later this year in Tokyo. And one local soccer star is hoping to compete at the Games for a third time. I'll introduce you to her next, right after a word from some of our sponsors and campaigns. Playing multiple sports can make you a better athlete. This winter, Sport Manitoba's Play More, Be More campaign strives to raise awareness on the benefits for athletes who play multiple sports at a young age before specializing in one sport, including avoiding overuse injuries and burnout and keeping sport and physical activity fun. Learn more at sportmanitoba.ca. Sport Manitoba and Doctors Manitoba joined forces in 2013 to launch Fit Kids Healthy Kids. Both partners saw the need to promote physical literacy as a means to combat health risks associated with a sedentary lifestyle such as type 2 diabetes and obesity. Doctors Manitoba has been generously supporting Fit Kids Healthy Kids financially since its inception. Learn more at fitkidshealthykids.ca. Overloaded circuits and overworked extension cords are recipes for disaster in your home. Keep these tips in mind to help make your home safe. Make sure the outlets in your home are not overloaded with too many plugs. Extension cords should only be used on a temporary basis and are not intended as permanent household wiring. Inspect cords regularly for loose plugs and cracked insulation. Never use electrical tools or appliances near water as you could become a path for electricity. This message is brought to you by Manitoba Hydro. 33-year-old Desiree Scott has a resume matched by very few soccer players who hail from Manitoba. She wore our province's colours at the 2005 Canada Games and spent four years with the U of M Bisons prior to embarking on a club and professional career that has taken her all over North America, including stops in Vancouver, Kansas City and Utah, and even as far away as England. She's been a fixture on the Canadian national team for the past decade, winning a bronze medal at both the 2012 and 2016 Olympics and playing in three FIFA World Cup events. A graduate of West Caldonan Collegiate, Desiree is also a kid sport ambassador who runs a girls soccer camp every fall in Winnipeg. For some insight into her impressive career on the pitch and her life off of it, Desiree joined the podcast to discuss the adversity of the past year, her favorite players growing up, the story behind her nickname, and much more. Here's our conversation. Thank you for doing this, Desiree. I know it's been a tough year for athletes. Uh, no different for you, I'm sure. Uh, last 11 months, what have they been like with all the disruptions during the pandemic? Yeah, it's hard to sum it up into a short answer here. Definitely a difficult time, probably my most difficult year. Um, for all athletes, I can imagine when sport gets taken away from you, your life sort of revolves around sport, soccer for me. Um, so to not be able to play, it was a bit ridiculous. Obviously, we as Team Canada had qualified for the Olympics, so had big plans to go to Tokyo for the summer. That got postponed. 
Um, and then we had sort of a bubble thing happening in the NWSL. I had to be removed from that due to family commitment. So I haven't played soccer in a real, almost a year um, time. So it's just been what I love and I, I haven't been able to do that. So definitely a roller coaster of emotions. Um, yeah, just super, super tough. Um, but then spouts of wanting to still work out are motivated. And again, for me, I'm planning on retiring. Was I going to do that this year? What am I going to do? No, I'm not. But um, yeah, there was just so much going on this past 11 months for sure. Sure. I know you're in our building a little bit now, uh, but were you still able to train a little bit from home or was that a challenge as well? It was definitely, I had to adapt to a new, uh, usually, you know, you're on the soccer field, you're in the gyms, um, but thank goodness we have a fantastic trainer that sends us all of our programming, and he adapted it to what we had available to us at home. So I invested in some weights, I got on a treadmill, and I was just doing my runs and became sort of adaptable in my 5 by 5 space in my basement to keep fit. (laughs) Right on. Uh, All right, we're going to talk about the upcoming year uh, for you a little later here, but I want to take you back first. I know you played a few different sports growing up, but what made you pursue soccer? Yeah, um, I'm not tall enough to do basketball or (laughs) (laughs) volleyball like I played. No, I did do those, but those were fun. Um, For me, soccer was always it. I fell in love with it. One, because my my dad played, my brother played, um, and definitely my older brother didn't really want to hang out with me, but the reason when he did was because we were kicking a ball in the soccer field. Um, or in my backyard. So I kind of got involved because of him Um, and just going to his games, wanting to be like my big brother was kind of it. And that's something we bonded over. And then I fell in love as soon as I started kicking it and then realized I was super competitive early on and and just stuck with it. Um, And obviously, as you get older, um, you kind of have to pick. Training starts to get more intense and you know, tournaments and a lot of things. So I said, okay, let's let's roll with soccer. And that was what I was probably the best at as well. What other sports did you play? I did it all, especially in high school. I did track, volleyball, basketball, badminton. Um, yeah, those were kind of <laughs> soccer, obviously. Yeah, I did the whole. And I think it's important to do that. I, I had a lot of fun being able to diverse and, and learn different skills from different sports. I think it's really helped me along the way. Just along those lines, we have a campaign here at Sport Manitoba right now, Play More, Be More, and it's all about kind of multi-sport and developing well-rounded athletes. So did you find that experience of all those other sports that you played, did that help you as a soccer player as you got older? Absolutely. I think, you know, the track aspect, you're learning that speed component and the different techniques that are all obviously involved in soccer, obviously eye-hand coordination with basketball. I think there's so many little things that can be applied to all kinds of sports. So being able to be well-rounded and versed in all of that, all, it all comes together eventually depending on what sport you're playing. Was there a moment or a period of time in your maybe early soccer career where you realized that you had all the tools to, to get to the highest level and really wanted to go for it? Yeah, I mean, thank goodness for my support system, my family and my coaches, because I think I never knew... I still pinch myself. I'm like, look what I've been doing for the last decade, playing for Canada and professionally. Like, when I was little, I was never, I'm going to go play soccer. I was just my love of the game, it being a family thing, and and just, you know, I was ticking the boxes, and I had such a great support and staff that saw something in me that I maybe didn't see always myself. But yeah, I think around 13, 12 years old, I became more competitive in the soccer realm. Um, Again, very did not like to lose, um, and just was one of the better players on all of the teams that I was playing. And then with club nationals and different training centers that we had here, that was sort of when I got my first look into the youth national teams and was kind of my first taste of of what was potential for me and what was available. And um, I went to my first youth team camp when I was 14 years old. And then 
again, splash of emotions. I didn't want to leave home being a homebody, but then I put on that Canada red and it was like, wow, like I'm representing my country right now. It was kind of surreal. And to know that this was something that I could do long term and professionally, I like I didn't know that early on. But as you get a little taste of it, you want to do more and do more and do more. And then that kind of just fueled my fire to keep going. And you're a midfielder, right? I Did am. you kind of experiment with other positions along the way, or were you always that position? No, I uh, used to score a lot of goals back in my <laughs> day. Um, I was a striker to begin with, sort of that attacking-minded player, loved to be in front of net, free kicks, all of those things. Now I leave that up to Christine Sinclair. Um, and university days, I, I was a striker as well um, for my first few years and then rolled back to midfield. It seems as you get older, they start to just keep moving you further down the defensive side of the field. But now I'm in a holding midfielder role and I've found my home there. I absolutely love it. Hopefully I don't plan on switching up anytime soon. You mentioned university. So you played for the Bisons here in Winnipeg. Then your pro career took you to Vancouver, Kansas City, Knotts County, England, back to Kansas City, Utah, and back to Kansas City. So quite the winding road there. Uh, what's that professional experience been like? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of living out your suitcase and working up them air miles, that's for sure. Um, no, I've been so fortunate to be able to play on so many different teams. Started my career in Kansas City, which was fantastic. Um, played in Vancouver in Canada in the W League. It was semi-professional. Um, Utah, and now I'm heading back where it all began, back to Kansas for this upcoming season. But um, being a professional is just, you're living and breathing soccer. That's your job, and that's amazing to be able to call that what you do every day. Um, and just to be around like-minded individuals who are just love the game and want to work hard towards a common goal and, and push you to be better every day is just a, a fantastic environment to be in. So of those locations that you played in across the continent, across the world, really, uh, which which was your favorite? Oh, I, I absolutely loved Kansas City. I, everyone, it, I think it's a hidden gem, kind of like Winnipeg. I always say it's a bigger Winnipeg with better barbecue is what I <laughs> I joke about that. But um, also the England experience, you know, being able to spread my wings and take a chance on going out there. I think they live, breathe, eat soccer. I know at Customs, the first thing they asked was, who do you support? And I... It was, it's all about football there, even from the get-go. So it's kind of nice to immerse yourself in that environment as well. Um, so yeah, those are my two faves. All right, a few quick hitters for you before we take a quick break here. So favorite soccer player growing up? Thierry Henry, his Arsenal days. Best player you ever played with? Um, Lauren Holiday on the U.S. soccer team. One of the best midfielders, I thought, in the world. Best player you ever played against? Hmm. Okay, we're going to swap that answer because obviously Christine Sinclair, the GOAT. Um, a pleasure to play with her and then Lauren Holiday against okay. on the American team. Gotcha. Favorite sport outside of soccer? Um, basketball. What's the story behind the pink headband and do you still wear it every game? Rock it every game. If I don't, I would probably have tears in my eyes. It's definitely a um, superstitious thing. Love pink growing up, still do. Um, and now it's just I can't play without it. And finally... How did you get the nickname The Destroyer? Yes. 2012 <laughs> Olympic qualifiers, Vancouver. My coach, John Herdman, at the time got interviewed after the game. Um, and he said, she's destroying them out there in an interview. And it stuck and ever stuck. since. And you've had <laughs> yeah. it the rest of your career. The Destroyer. Yeah, I don't mind it. I like the nickname. Okay, Desiree Scott is our guest on the Sport Manitoba podcast. Stay tuned for the second half of our discussion after a quick word from our sponsors. Sport Manitoba's annual Bison Transport Sport Leadership Series is committed to empowering and inspiring women to become leaders in sport. This year, we have a free five-part online series that continues with our fourth session, the Black Female Coach Experience, on February 18th. 
To register or to learn more about the series, visit sportmanitoba.ca. Millions of teeth are lost or traumatized annually during sporting activities. Custom mouthguards are recommended by the Manitoba Dental Association as the best way to protect the teeth and prevent injuries to the soft tissue of the mouth as well as the head, jaw and back. Visit your local dental office to learn more or get fitted for your custom mouthguard. Talk to your dentist. Good for you. Good for life. Comair is dedicated to connecting our passengers throughout Manitoba and the north. When you arrive at the airport, all passengers will be subject to a check-in process, pre-screening questionnaire, and temperature testing. Masks and sanitation will be provided throughout our facilities. Our aircraft are cleaned and fogged between flights, ensuring a safe, healthy, and clean environment for all of our customers. We look forward to seeing you on your next flight. What was it like putting the Team Canada jersey on for the first time? Oh, it's been a minute since I've been there. It's been a decade now. Never take it for granted, though. Um, but yeah, I think for me it was, holy smokes, like, how did a girl from Manitoba get here? Um, but just that immense feeling of honor and all the people who had supported me along the way, it was just kind of like a sigh, like, holy, you, ma you made it here. Like, that's, that's bananas. So a lot of shock, but you know, just gratefulness and appreciation for the, for the journey along the way and the people who helped me that get there. Okay, the Olympics. Obviously still some questions surrounding the games and whether they'll go forward, um, but where's your mindset right now when it comes to Tokyo? Yeah, we're training like the games are happening. Um, obviously there was different things that have come out. It's gonna get postponed again, it's canceled, now they're on, you know, you, you can't as an athlete sort of hold on to those things. You have to be ready and stay ready. Um, so I definitely took a break when I first heard they were postponed, but now for the last few months, it's been on like Donkey Kong, as they say. I've been rolling and, and training really, really hard to prepare for that. And as Team Canada, we're, we're going forward like the games are happening. So um, every little bit we can do to be prepared as best as possible. If they do happen, that's what we're going to do. The Canadian women's team coming off two bronze medals in the last two games, 2012-2016. As you know, you're a part of both of those teams. How would you say this year's team is, is shaping up? Yeah, I think we've got that core group that were there for, if not both games, but for sure the last Rio games that are sticking around and, and still doing so well. We have way more players playing professionally in their environments, either out of college or, or in the English or Sweden leagues. Um, so a lot of people just in top-notch environments every day, training and doing well. We're obviously adding some new talent in. We've got a new head coach who's looking to um, add some potential different flavor and, and younger players to the squad, but that main group is going to be there with that experience of the Olympic Games and, and really fired up to get going again. Do you have an idea, just going back to kind of the protocols here, the like COVID situation, do you have an idea for what the restrictions might be as athletes? Have you guys talked about that? For Tokyo or for training? Tokyo. Yeah. Tokyo, yeah. What We haven't heard too much information, but I know there's going to possibly be no fans in the stands, which would yeah. suck. Um, that's kind of that 12th man that really gets the energy going. Um, again, with our tournament, we're not in the village for majority of our tournament. We're in hotels anyway, so I don't know that would change too much for us. Um, a lot of nasal swabs moving forward and isolation and quarantine for sure, but we haven't got too much detail past that. Are the Olympics your favorite event to play in? They're pretty darn special. Um, people always ask, like, World Cup or Olympics? And as a soccer player, like, the World Cup's your pinnacle. But for me, the Olympic Games is just the best athletes from every sport from around the world. And there's just something special about them. So I would say, yeah, the Olympics. Is there a country you really like competing against on the international stage? Favorite country to go up against? 
Um, obviously, that U.S.-Canada rivalry um, will always be there. I've been playing on the team forever, and we have yet to beat them. So that is my goal before I retire is <laughs> to knock them off a notch. Um, but I also really enjoy playing the Brazilians. I think, you know, the Martas, the flair that they bring, it's just, as a defensive player, a super big challenge for me to defend their fast feet and their tricky footwork and, and their skill as a whole. So for them, it's really fun to play against. So I'm a casual soccer fan. I'll watch the you know, World Cup Euros Olympics. Um, but I, I want to know, are, are you a soccer junkie yourself? Like, will you watch a lot of those big men's tournaments? I'll tune in, definitely. Yeah. I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. every Saturday. I enjoy my sleep-ins. Um, so, but yeah, I support Chelsea. There's a, okay. my favorite player is Nagola Conte on that team. He's a holding midfielder now. So it's someone I can look up and watch. Um, so definitely tune in to the World Cups, Euros, EPL, all of that. Because it's, it's good to watch the game and, and learn more for, as you can. When you reflect back over your playing career, is there a highlight that stands out to you as maybe the top moment of your career? Yes, <laughs> yes. A looming career. No, um, I would say the 2012 Olympic Games would be my, my highlight. Obviously, that first bronze medal is just something you'll, you'll never forget. Um, and obviously, the journey there, you know, my first Olympics, the epic semi-final against the Americans. Christine Sinclair scores a hat trick. We still lose. Questionable call with the ref. Like there was just so much emotion and the highs and lows. And then to have two days to bounce back and either go home with a medal or not. And, and to bring that home and have it around your neck is just an incredible feeling, all that work and effort. And to do it for the first time is, is an incredible feeling for sure. I want to ask you about your work with Kidsport too, because I know you've been an ambassador for several years. You run the soccer camp here every year you've done other charity work so you've given back a lot to the sport why is that so important to you i anyone who knows me knows i love this city i love this province and i love representing it and i think um more now than ever i think the young athletes in our province need a role model and for, for sure a female role model to look up to um you know females are dropping out of sport way too often way too early um so i'm hoping just to help inspire and, and lead the generation to know that there's a lot of possibilities out there for them. Not only do I want to do that, but I enjoy doing it. Um, I love getting hands-on with the kids on the field. Um, and giving back is something that I think is part of the job. Um, and I take a, a high, you know, sort of position in that. I think it's important to do that because this province has supported me along the way. And without all the little people who have, have done their bit to in my journey, I, I wouldn't be where I am. So I think it's important to give back and say thanks. And, and again, it's something I love to do. So it goes hand in hand. Is there general advice you try to pass along to these young girls or young athletes in general? Yeah, I think my big message is one, love what you're doing. Um, it's so important. You're not always going to love your job, but if you put in the hard work and, and you're dedicated, you know, the sky's the limit. And I, I do think to be your biggest, your own biggest cheerleader, I think that people are going to tell you no, or you can't do it. And I know for, for me being a Winnipegger, making it on the big stage was something they're like, okay, sure. <laughs> and so, you know, the haters are going to hate as they say, but I think if you're your biggest cheerleader and you support your small wins and put in that work, you know, anything is possible. So that's kind of something I stress. Did you just mentioned like people, you know, things maybe people told you along the way. Did you have that kind of adversity of, of you know, maybe people saying, uh, you know, that it was a long shot and that kind of stuff that you overcame? Was that part of it for you? Yeah, I mean, not not heavily, but yeah. for sure I've heard those things. You know, my stature, I'm five, one and a half tall, but people like I was cut from teams for being too short. Um, my first national team coach in 2010 was like, where do you come from? Like, that's where polar bears and <laughs> oh, mosquitoes no. live. Like they had, it was kind of just, and Winnipeg in general, I find gets knocked. Um, yeah. 
in general. So I've always found I've had to like put Manitoba and Winnipeg on my back and just I have this pride of wanting to represent it and and show that there's amazing things in this city more than just freezing cold and and no polar bears are roaming the streets. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was something I ha- I still to this day have to sort of defend. But is there anything else you would like to accomplish on the soccer field before you were done playing? Yes. Two big goals. Um, well, three probably. I want to, if the Olympic Games happen, to come home with a medal. Um, podium would be great, but a gold medal would be fantastic. Obviously, you want to win those pinnacle events. Um, beat the U.S. Got to do it. And I want to score my first international goal. I have yet to do that in 150-odd-some caps. So all big things, big things, big challenges ahead for sure. Do you remember when your last goal was? Like, was it at a lower level when you played? Or had <laughs> I haven't scored professionally. Well, granted, my position keeps yeah. me back a little. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think it's been since, like, my bison days that I used to score goals. So okay. it's been a long time coming. It's it's needed. <laughs> Maybe this year. Here's hoping. <laughs> uh, last question for you, Desiree. Uh, have you thought about what your life might look like after soccer and what you'd like to, to get involved with? Totally. Um, coming back home to the to the city that I love, for sure. I'm obviously working with, right now, a company called Pro Prep Academy. That's going to be a wonderful um, division for athletes, an academy and coach. I'm going to help run the soccer division of that. I think giving back to the kids, having something that they can look forward to on and off the field, just developing sort of that 360-degree athlete is important. So definitely be on the field working with kids. I also love Zumba, so hopefully teach a little Zumba on the side. I'm a certified Zumba instructor, for those who didn't know. So that's always fun. Love to dance. And yeah, from there, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But hopefully just staying involved in sport and giving back the knowledge that I've learned over the last 15 years. And you've done some coaching as well, right? Is that Would you like to do more of that in the future, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I helped coach with the Bison program, actually. I was assistant coach there a couple of years back to help out with that. Um, obviously run the kids' sport camps. I um, go and help out with different clubs around the city. So, yeah, coaching is definitely going to be in, in my, my future plans for sure. Thanks for doing this, Desiree. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks again to the destroyer, Desiree Scott, for spending some time chatting with us. And we wish her all the best as she heads toward another professional soccer season and likely another Olympic Games as well. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast, give us a rating, give us a review, or subscribe to our podcast. Each episode is available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Check us out on social media, at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you know of an athlete, coach, or somebody else involved in sport who you think would make for a good guest on our podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sportmanitoba.ca. Keep an eye out for our next episode in February. I'm Nolan Cole. Thanks for listening to the Sport Manitoba podcast.